Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Religion and Spirituality. Yes, both. (laughs) They can both coexist. And today I want to talk about it. This is a big, hot topic. I didn't realize how triggering this whole concept of spirituality can really be to many people who hold firm and fast in their faith. So let's get into it, guys. So I could totally play it safe and avoid this topic altogether, but what fun would that be? (laughs) I'm not here to make it, you know, the same as everybody else's podcast. I'm not here to avoid touchy subjects. I'm here to tackle the tough subjects that no one seems to talk about, but are the things that really trigger us or, you know, get our minds thinking or, you know, challenge our belief system. I just think this is such a great topic and it came upon or I came upon it, I should say, uh, because I was reading an ad, and I won't say what the company name is, but just a spiritual company that um, is, it's a lot of like coaching and mindset work, which I'm all about, right? And early in my career as physical therapist, I started out very much of the mindset of needing physics to explain away everything I did. And then I started working at a practice where they completely um, embodied that whole idea of mind-body-spirit and of doing treatments for you know, the average everyday orthopedic problem, but coming at it from both an Eastern and Western blend. And that's where my heart really sits. I think that there's, it's almost like the answers are out there, but the Eastern and Western cultures don't tend to like meld together to actually bring forward a solution. I think if the two mixed more often that there's so many more solutions out there. So this topic is not all that different to me. I feel like, so the argument that I saw, let me just backtrack a bit. I was reading this ad and somebody commented because the ad was something about, I think tapping into your intuition to get everything you want or something to that effect. Cause that was like the sort of like tunnel I was headed down (laughs) and it just popped up in my feed. And so I just wanted to see what people were commenting on it. And somebody came in that was really offended. Um, And it was like a comment to the effect of when Jesus was here, that he basically lived very humbly, that he experienced many trials, tribulations, torture, uh, you know, all of these awful things in his life, that for any of us to aim to be more spiritual than that, because he was the most spiritual being who ever walked this earth. So for any of us to be aiming at this higher spirituality um, and to think that we could have this untouched life of just beauty and what perfection and whatever that we you know we're all we have it all wrong and I thought that it was a really interesting point like I actually really loved what he was saying but I didn't agree with it at the same time so here's what I believe I, I do believe that absolutely I believe that Je- Jesus was the most spiritual person to walk this planet I believe that he did go through the worst of the worst in humankind and that if it was the more spiritual you are therefore the easier your life would be then yeah i i would agree with him to say that that's not a true statement but i don't think that's what these companies are saying nor do i think that that spirituality and religion can't coexist 
You know, I think that what is so triggering, and I feel this way as somebody who's strongly religious and faithful, is when people say, oh, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Um, almost like they want to detach from the part that um, makes them carry a burden or makes them have to, you know, answer to a higher power that is in control of things or that is the one that gets to decide their future or whatever it is. There's somewhere where they pull away from that piece of it, but they don't want to let go of that good feeling that you get from religious belief. And and I think that's where people will tend to pull away and start using words like universe, higher power, um, you know, this connectedness, this um, spirituality bit, but don't want to just claim God in that. And I think that's the part that gets triggering to the other side that's like, wait, whoa, 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 you can't have one without the other. You know, there is so no such thing as the spirituality without, you know, the, the all powerful. So it is really, really interesting because I actually don't think these two groups are all that far apart. And yet they probably feel like they're on opposite sides of the planet. Um, but really, I think it means that when you're in touch with nature, when you are in touch with universe, which is like this oneness, this all, um, all encompassing, like we're all one. That is the idea of God. So it's really like we're saying the same things, but calling it two different names, you know what I mean? And so I don't think that these companies were claiming to say that a life in which there's no conflict you know, like if you want that, then become so spiritual, get so in touch with this, these higher levels of consciousness. I don't think that's what they're saying. I believe they're showing you the path to connect to God because it's a concept of like God existing between two different thoughts, like in that space in between. In the energetic plane, there exists God and our minds never quiet to hear him. Our minds never stop um, creating these realities with our thoughts. And the problem is to really manifest it, you have to be in that sort of, that's what that sort of upper spirituality, you know, higher level of consciousness is supposed to bring you to. These meditations and things are supposed to bring you to this space of where the subconscious can be accessed to where, um, you know, God's desires for you can even happen. That's what I think is sort of what they're trying to achieve. But somehow it, it comes across like they're trying to achieve this higher level of humanness that is going to put them at the top, the untouchable who never has a bad day. And I don't think that's true. I actually think God's path for us, which is the abundant life and the beautiful life without all these problems, I actually think it is riddled with problems. I believe that there'll be tons of hardships. But And I don't want to be cheesy and say, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger and blah, 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 all that stuff. But but sort of. <laughs> it sort of is that. Because if you think about it, like those trials and hardships, when you're asking for the thing that is in alignment with what you want, most of the time requires this shedding and letting go of a part of yourself. And that can be hard. That feels like hardship. That feels like, oh my gosh, I just lost my house. I just lost my job. And my boyfriend just broke up with me all in the same month. This is hard times. 
but if you can see it through a different lens that maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's not hard times you're in the middle of. It is hard to go through. Absolutely. But maybe those are the shedding of this old life that can then leave you exposed and available for all the things you just asked for. You know, if you had that old job, nobody's offering you a job in this perfect, you know, situation for you because they don't think you're looking. They think you're happy and content in your current job. You know, you're never going to meet that love of your life because you're stuck in this robotic relationship that's not serving you and that is not passionate and it is not filled with like this unconditional love. And if it's out there for you and that's what you're saying you want, maybe it can't happen with your current relationship. And that's where I think higher power can see that for you. You want up here and you are living down here. You're going to have to shed some of the dead weight. And I hate to put it as dead weight, but you know what I'm saying? Like there might be things weighing you down. And so that part of it can feel like you are stuck in hard times, hardship, nothing good's happening. There can't be a God. There's, you know, no God would want this for me. There is no explanation in which this is okay. This didn't deserve, this person didn't deserve this. You know, you can say all those things, but when you're not seeing the entire game board and you're just looking at what happened in this one play and in this one turn, <laughs> you know, then you, you can be super mad. Like, yeah, I just had to go back to the beginning of the board game. But <laughs> this time around, maybe you're going to be able to go straight through to the finish line. You know what I mean? Without all these other obstacles. And so when you're asking for it, you have to be willing to receive it however it looks. You know, not putting your hands up in the air and going, ugh. You know, well, there can't be a God because he wouldn't have done this. And also, spiritually speaking, like you can't get mad and say that, you know, if somebody wants to have these higher levels of abundance and they want to be, you know, at, at a place where magic happens in their life and, you know, their desires can become actuality. You can't say that because Jesus lived a hard life, somebody else can't have an easy path. You also can't say that, because, you know, when Jesus walked this earth, he had all of these troubles that he also lived a life of hardship and, you know, tough trials. And therefore, to be more, you know, godlike, we have to live this life of, you know, treachery. It's not that way. <laughs> I just don't think that um, we're seeing it clearly. Like, even Jesus's path was already predetermined and it was for a reason and did he accomplish every goal he set out to accomplish he did that's the part that's craziest to me is like yes you can say that he he was basically tortured and um you know n that this was such a hard life but it was a hard life but he hit the goal right that he hit his what he wanted to do saving all of us you know, the actions that, the things he had to go through to get there, yeah, unquestionably, they are awful. But he knew what he was set out for and was willing to take those hardships in order to achieve what he wanted to get. So I think that there's nothing wrong with saying like that you want to be more spiritual, you want to be more uplifted, you want to be in a better vibration, that you want to be able to um, be magnet magnetic to all the things you want and be able to manifest them in your life and live a life of abundance. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not saying I want a life absent of God. That's not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, 
I think that's what Jesus himself probably set out to do and said, I want, you know, his abundance looked different than maybe yours. Maybe some people's abundance is like fancy cars and, you know, a million homes. But maybe for Jesus, his abundance was saving the entire human race, right? So think about it. I mean, yeah, maybe we need to rethink our goal setting. Maybe we need to rethink what that authentic self desires and wants and would consider like goal achieved, you know, because if, if at the end of it all, you get all those things and then you look back at your life and go, geez, that was pretty empty. Like I should have been aiming higher. I should have been wanting more for the, the world, not just for myself. I should have been wanting more than financial means because money is everywhere, but love and kindness and, you know, these types of things, they're not everywhere. And maybe that's what I should have been aiming for. You know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with setting your goals on being this more spiritual, connected to the land, to the, you know, wind, the fire, the earth. There's nothing wrong with that because that is connecting yourself to God. What I find fault in is altogether saying that that connectedness has nothing to do with the oneness, has nothing to do with the God abundance. You know, um, I think that's where I think, man, that that's a that might be a boat that they're missing. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the connecting link that is is not there for everybody that I'd love to see in everybody's life. But I can't force that. It's not my, you know... <sighs> My mission isn't to scare those of you off who don't align with my belief system. My goal is just to continually share my experience and thoughts on it and see if it can, you know, sometimes just shed light for your own path. Because I think most people will find their way if they're even willing to look around towards God. I often see it. I mean, especially having worked with the geriatric population in my lifetime, um, more at end of life. I tend to see more people suddenly starting to think bigger outside themselves and what else is there and what does this next step hold? And, you know, am I just returning to the, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and and then my consciousness just ceases to exist? Um, Am I going to come back in some other form? Am I going to be, you know, in heaven with these lost loved ones? And I think that the promise of God and heaven, and it just holds so much more light um, and possibility that I think that's why people start to grasp onto it more at the end of their life to make sure that they're leading a life that can lead them to that possibility. Um, but I, I, this is not uh, an episode to try to change anybody's mind or have you looking at any of this differently. I just find it very interesting at just how triggered um, many people tend to feel when other people are talking about this sort of self uh, improvement, I guess, or this mentality growth or this, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's like, you know, people use the word consciousness a lot. It's about, you know, I don't know, a lot of these terms are kind of almost cringeworthy at this point because they've been so overused. But you know, it's what people are aiming for with meditation and it's what they're trying to connect with and how they're trying to, you know, bring in, yes, a better life, but it's not about just ridding the hard times. It's about being willing to accept the hard times and knowing that you're asking for that. You know, you're asking, you're coming in at, at one level of awareness and beliefs that 
that better could exist. And then you're saying, I'm willing to take on whatever higher power says and brings down onto me as far as what is needed to be released, what is needed to be strengthened within me um, in order to get there. And so it's kind of almost the opposite, I feel like. It, for me, once I started getting this like part of me spiritually growing, it started with my willingness to release it to God. It started with my ability to say, I have total faith and trust that if I hand this over to you, that you're not just going to, you know, dump it in a heaping poop pile. Like, I trust it in your hands. And I know that if the trials and tribulations come up, that it is because you're helping me get to what I just said I want to get to. You're helping me to have this better life. And it might mean some bumps along the way, but I'm willing to accept that because I have trust and faith in you. So in that way, I feel like my spiritual growth has further enhanced my religious um, stance and how much faith that I'm really placing in God. And and it, for me, it's the next higher level. That is the spiritual bump up. It is the, you know, my growth in, in the area of being more authentically me and connected to this universal oneness, which is God. You know, to me, it's not like these are two separate things. And I got to think there's other people like me out there that kind of feel that way. Um, I know there are hard and fast lines for many people. I'm either absolutely, no, I don't believe in God. He doesn't exist. I am connected to Mother Nature. I'm connected to universe. I'm connected to, um, to like other people's ripples in this ocean. But I don't believe that that God is sort of overseeing it all. Um, and then there's the other end of people who are like, this is all God. There is no separateness of spirituality. There absolutely um, is no way to even call yourself spiritual without basically insulting God and giving him the middle finger. I mean, that's how extreme I feel like these two sides are. And and like the, the beauty I always find is somewhere in the middle because I don't think that we're speaking different languages. But sometimes when we draw the hard, fast, deep line in the sand, it's because there's been hurt. There's been um, times where we've felt let down or insulted by this other way of being. So let's get into that a little bit more in the second half of the show. And what exactly is it that has sort of created this angst, I think, between these two groups that really I just so love. Have you ever seen those two? Um, I can see this image in my mind of two circles that overlap. Have you seen this? Like a, two different color circles and they overlap. And that little like um, shape in the middle that where they overlap and it has this other beautiful color that the two colors melded together to make. I think that's where the beauty is. So let's talk about how to get into that space um, and how it is that some people are just so hard one side or the other. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. Okay, guys, so I've shut off my ads. I'm no longer currently advertising to try to get people within my free group. So I want to continue to allow people to join it and have a way to access me and find my free Facebook group if they have experienced deep soul crushing loss and are just looking for support, some coaching and help and being surrounded by other people who understand what that kind of pain feels like. So I will drop the link to be able to join that Facebook group in today's description and back to the show. So the very name God or Yahweh, I am, 
right? Who is God? I am who I am. And it's very interesting that this sort of idea of oneness and God being everything and everyone um, is so aligned, I believe, with this spiritual connectedness to the earth and how you know, that I've talked in the past because, like I said, I am very much consider myself spiritual and religious. And I talk about the pebble, you know, and the ripple effect and how one action can affect everything because we are all one, <laughs> you know. And so I think that the other thing that we need to really look at a little bit here is that often our language is so different, but what we're discussing is really the same thing. Um, so in the Kabbalah, which I'm not going to claim to be any kind of expert here, but, um, the way I see it, is, <laughs> the way I've understood it, and I'm sure I'll get some comments trying to help me understand this better. <laughs> Always the way it goes after I try to, you know, tangle, get tangled up in understanding things that I know a very surface level about. But when you're looking at the tree of life, um, there are these 10 different energetic levels, each with their own vibration. Um, and things like manifesting happen at a certain vibration. Um, and so many people will say, oh, well, that is complete spiritual mumbo jumbo. And other people will say, well, that's their religious belief, <laughs> you know? So I think sometimes spirituality and religion are interchangeably used and, you know, rightfully so, because I think, you know, you can, I do think you can be spiritual without being religious, but I don't think you can be religious without being spiritual. That's my own thoughts on it. And I've seen this both ways. I've seen people say both can, uh, you know, you can be one without the other on both sides, but that's the way I see it because I, I think that it's, um, it's nearly impossible to be religious without having some spirituality in yourself. Um, and yet I have seen people who are very spiritual, but will deny God. And to me, that's not being religious. So that's just my feeling on it. Um, but again, I'm so open to any of your comments. And if I have it all wrong and you think you have a better way of putting it, I would even have you on as a guest so we can just talk it through. So reach out to me, um, Heather at canyoucurecancer.com if you want to have a conversation around it and maybe even hop on a podcast. So, <laughs> but so my understanding though is that this goal and inner desire, because I think this is a big generational thing. I mean, this generation, I've never seen any more spiritually connected. And I don't think it has any relevance over whether or not they're more religiously inclined or not. I just find them to be way more spiritual. Um, everybody seems to think they can manifest something. And maybe that's just the part of us that thinks like, oh, I can, you know, will something to be and it will be, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, my generation might have been quite the opposite. I feel like it was like, there was more eye rolling going on with any talk of any of that type of stuff. Even so much so that in college, I remember having a professor who um, had us get down on our hands and knees and crawl around the classroom at one point so we could experience the room like a small child and see what is it that they're seeing? How are they seeing the world? What is different here? Feel that connectedness to the earth. All this stuff and everything he said, I remember everybody being like, oh my gosh, you know, this big joke. Well, I think you would be hard pressed to find nowadays uh, a, a group of kids of college age that haven't done some form of meditation journaling um, vision boards um, 
vibrational work, um, you know, all of these sort of spiritual practices, which, you know, I mean, call them what you will, they're, they're personal growth. And it is a way for them, sorry, my dog is so loud again, <laughs> but it's a way for, for them to feel maybe somewhat in control of their own life, but not really, because I think you're connecting to this oneness. You're you're trying to elevate yourself above just thinking of self and connecting to all that's around you. So in that way, what a beautiful thing that they're sort of starting to, you know, I don't know, envelop in their own lives more, uh, because my generation sort of, I don't know, we, we sort of, selfishly moved through our lives, um, really making goals self, self-directed. And, um, yeah, I don't know if it was the loss of my husband or what it was that, that made me start to realize that there's so much more than that. Suddenly I no longer cared about self. I mean, I actually had to sort of get back on my own personal journey just to start to care again about self a little bit. Because I think I hit a point at which I was just like, you know, I was, yes, all about the sort of greater good and, um, you know, greater mankind and what was best for others. And at the my own expense, I mean, I think I operated for a year and a half within my company with like, well, maybe it wasn't that long, but with zero profit, um, only, if anything, digging myself into the, the ground. But um, in the effort to serve people, <laughs> you know, like I was giving it away because I didn't feel like, um, I like, like I felt to me as though self growth was somehow at conflict, um, and in contrast with the idea of, you know, this universal, um, improvement and betterment. And so that's an interesting place to be at. And, and it is almost like, you know, with, with that huge loss I experienced, um, it, it changed everything for me, but maybe almost swung the pendulum too far to the other side for a little while. Um, <laughs> because I feel like uh, a God that loves you would only want, yes, betterment of, you know, sort of the, the grander scheme of like what's best for all first, but but certainly not at the expense of yourself. I don't think that he wants anybody to have to suffer. Um, and I think that there, I mean, sure, certain amounts of suffering will happen, as I said before. But um, but yeah, I just had to find my way back to it being okay to also be independently successful and not have that be like that I was putting the wrong priorities, you know, in the driver's seat. And I mean, I think that's what it came from because when you lose somebody in a major loss, you definitely start looking back at your life and it's like, I mean, I know a lot of my group members that have gone through this, but it, you almost want to just shed all the physical stuff at a certain point. At least for me, I went through that of just like, none of that matters anymore. You know, the relationships that you have with people are all that matters and all this stuff is just stuff and who cares and let's just get rid of it. And, you know, I went through all that, um, and it, it helped me, it helped me to realize and put some perspective around, you know, maybe where my priorities had been, even when I didn't think that, like, you don't think, no one ever thinks that they fall in that category of putting stuff first, that they think they value, you know, people more. And everybody believes that. I know that there's not a person listening who doesn't think that they, they have that order all correct. But 
man, that feeling of like disconnectedness with the environment around you and not caring about stuff at all anymore. Uh, I think that some some of the members in my um, Facebook group have talked about how for them, they just like when people approached them after they lost their loved one and said, oh, can I have this and can I have that? They were just like, yeah, take it, whatever. I don't care because they it's not that they didn't care. They were in a phase where it felt so mm, like minor or you know, insignificant. And if it really matters to you, go ahead and have it. Um, but then it, once they got a little bit more outside of that, um, I don't want to say phase, but maybe stage, um, <laughs> you know, then they later had some regrets around some of the things they'd gotten rid of. So I do think that if you find yourself in a position like that, where you're just in a big transition and don't care at all about it, just move slow, you know, <laughs> make sure to protect yourself in the way that um, some things might hold meaning later and you don't want to have regret. And I always hate regret. It's such a low energy <laughs> thing. But um, again, so here we are talking about energy and vibration, but it's, it's true. It's what makes our world. And yes, I think God is what makes our world. But, um, you know, there's this thing called free will. He's given us that ability to exist at any vibrational energy we want, to be a miserable, low energy person um, with low vibrations, or to be somebody who is just full of light and love and high vibrational gratitude. And, and that's on us. We don't get to blame that on higher power. You know, we don't get to sit there and say, well, um, God gave me this life, <laughs> you know, like it was <laughs> somehow just bestowed upon you that you had to live, you know, this tough and um, bad life when really it's always in our own control. That free will is always ours to do with as we please. And he doesn't give the great box of crayons to one kid and then the dried up old markers to the next. Do you know what I mean? Like he gives us all the same tools and then it's what we do with them that makes all the difference. Because we all know the kid that like played hard and rough and um, broke all their crayons and, um, you know, pressed down so hard it ripped the paper. And then we know people who found all these beautiful shades in between and, you know, were able to create just gorgeous art. So uh, that's the way I, I like to see it. And so where the spirituality kicks into all that is, um, you know, whether you're just like sitting outside of it and thinking that you have this separateness or not. I feel like the spirituality comes in when you realize the connectedness. When I was talking before about like the Kabbalah and these levels and the, the energy at these levels and the vibrations at these levels and understanding all of that, that to me is what ties in like, oh, we get that this is bigger. We get this oneness. We get this idea of, um, you know, Yahweh, I am. Um, we understand the idea of it not being me and you and that it's us, it's we, it's this collective, the greater collective. Um, and so when you're there, you start to, I think, care more about everybody, not just the people in your family or your small circle, but it hurts you when you see people hurting across the planet. You know, I mean, I know many people who are there as far as animals. You can't see an animal cruelty commercial without having to change a channel quickly. But then you might see uh, people in a third world country and they're suffering and it doesn't really hit home to you that much. 
that to me is a reflection of just the level of vibration that you're at and you're not quite feeling that connectedness to everyone yet. Um, because I was there at one point, I remember saying that like, oh, those commercials kill me. But, you know, you could watch a, a movie where people are dying and it didn't really cause the same tears as this, what I would have considered a helpless animal. Um, but I think when you start to see all of God's creatures as though they're your own brother, sister, um, loved one, that's when you're really connected. Um, and those are like, you know, maybe the monk level of <laughs> spirituality. Maybe that's not easily achievable for everybody. But um, I think as you approach that, it's these different levels where you do start to have more empathy, more of this feeling of wanting what's best for everybody, even if it means that your own self doesn't necessarily get to just like carry out its every whim, <laughs> you know, like understanding. I think this sometimes you can see it on such a small scale with like, I'm thinking back to like when we just recently went to these, um, on this trip to these amusement parks and people, there was some families that were first there in the morning, right in the front row will push you over to get to the front of the line. <laughs> and then there's people who just almost by happenstance are like right there in the mix with all those same people. But like, they're not going to push and shove. If anything, you get separated from your party because everybody was running. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, go right ahead. Go right up in front of me. Then you have the some people that are like eye rolling and like, oh, my gosh, they're cutting in front of me like a two year old, you know, <laughs> in school. And it's so funny, like none of it makes much difference in terms of like when they're actually going to be able to go on this ride or whatever. But their mentality is self-preservation and it is not like this compassion for, um, you know, this family who's taking this big trip together for the last time ever before, you know, they're, they're about to lose a family member, like just seeing the stories and, you know, so trying to connect with that will make you such a more humble and kind person. <laughs> um, instead of just this sort of self-preservation and, um, self-advancement and, you know, everybody knows somebody who's trying to climb the corporate ladder at, anybody else's expense. Um, they'll use your your family traumas um, as a peg to climb on <laughs> when they're trying to get to the top. They're going to shove you down and make it harder on you to make themselves look better. And it's not who any of us want to be. But if you find yourself in that position, it's time, I think, for those meditative practices and just sitting in inward, you know, trying to be in the space between thoughts where things manifest and trying to be able to like ground yourself and feel connectedness and all that is so powerful because it will sometimes just have you take that enough of a step back, you know, that 50,000 foot overview or whatever, where you can just go, oh, wow. You know, I was so caught up in that thing. And sometimes when you take the step back, you think, oh, I just put myself back down again, when really you didn't. It was more like a sidestep. And by taking that sidestep, all of a sudden there might be new, um, you know, staircases and things that you can reach from there. But when you're so driven that it has to go this way and you're trying to make it happen and at anyone else's expense and you're climbing and trying and, you know, it, do you really even want the prize at the end of that? Because it's like being alone at a mountaintop, you know? I mean, whoop-dee, <laughs> made it to the peak, but uh, do you have any friends left? Do you have any family that wants to spend time with you there? Do you have the time to spend with family there? Just, you know, it's all that stuff. That's the real important stuff. So religion, spirituality, all of it, whether I'm going to say universe or I'm going to say God, 
I believe in God and I'm very open about that. I don't ever want to be triggering to anybody, but I also want to be respectful, which is why I always include, you know, if you have to plug in universe, if you have to say higher power, if some of the words are are things that pe- are keeping people from some of these all important messages that I think come from God, <laughs> you know, if, if they can't even get there because they're so repulsed from the vantage point they're standing at, they're not ready to receive God in their life yet, but they are ready to continue to advance spiritually, which is making them more connected, which eventually leads to the same end, end answer, which is that there is only one. There is just this oneness. There is an I am and this connected nature around all of it that is undeniable. And so Someday, just like my, I had to have my coming to Jesus moment, so to speak, literally and figuratively, I think that in those moments, we'll all eventually someday have them. I just don't want them to be so closed off because so many people who have stayed this hard, fast line, you know, you could throw down somebody's throat a million times. No, it's God. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to block you. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to leave your group. They're going to stop listening to my podcast. And if I did that, they're going to miss the message. And I think the message is just what could lead them to finding God for themselves. Because someday when you hit the ground at the lowest point and ask for peace and help, I think that's where you're brought. You know, I just don't want them to have severed every last tie and connection you know, to get their way back. <laughs> That's all. That's how I feel about it. Um, but everybody's on their own journey. And, you know, I, who am I to judge anybody else's journey? This is just mine and what where I've been led through these things that have happened to me. And I like sharing that because sometimes there's just that one little nugget that you might say that someone needed to hear that day. Um, so maybe if we can just find a little compassion in our hearts to be a little bit more open to the fact that we all haven't had the same upbringing or used the same language. I mean, sometimes literally not even the same language. Uh, but you know, just, there's been so many experiences that lead us to where we are. And so you can't erase somebody else's experience. You can't force them to see it through your point of view, but you can keep talking. And the more we all keep talking about it, I think that, like when I say this, somebody's going to bring a valid point to me, something I hadn't considered. And that's growth. <laughs> that is personal growth. And it's the openness to that and to the other side of things that makes us more connected um, to everybody else because you're willing to see their point of view. And I never will say that my way is the only way. My way is the, you know, it is what I believe. <laughs> and that's not to say that certain things, you know, won't change my beliefs around some things. Um, I will always just, for me, hold God as number one. And that's not always been the case I thought it was, but, you know, I've really been shown now what it means to place God first. And for me, that has led to prosperity in all the ways that really matter, you know, in loving relationships and healing in my heart, being at peace in being able to carry on after hardships. All of these things that I value most have come from me really, truly placing God first in my life. Um, and boy, like many, many of you will always say that you, you do understand God is first, but when push comes to shove, we often will choose our family. We often will, I mean, just think about how many times on maybe a Sunday you've chosen to bring a kid to a sports game instead of going to church or how many times, and I'm not saying I'm perfect here or that I make the right choice and I'm still growing and working 
on it myself. But there's a lot of ways in which it shows up. But sometimes it's even being the person that sort of shoved to the front of the line and has no remorse in sort of, you know, pushing people aside versus really empathetically saying like, oh, wow, like, you know, this family, my husband and I actually, my husband and I, oh my gosh, I haven't forgotten so long. Wow. Not my husband and I, my kids and I. (laughs) Wow, that was weird. (laughs) Well, you guys are with me on this journey. I guess that's something I thought that I had gotten right out of my system. But my my kids and I, when we were standing um, in line to get on a ride, we I think I already told the story, but we had observed this family that was just so twisted up about everything, arguing, whatnot. I think I I definitely talked on this because they became like the family of the day. They were chosen, <laughs> which was kind of so I- ironic. Um, but that they ended up getting chosen to be family of the day the following day. And um, that was a growing point for my kids because they were able to sit back and watch how one uplifting thing happening in someone's world, it translated into them being a little kinder the next day. You know, we kept seeing them throughout our journey on our own um, vacation, and they grew from that. Um, And they were better people than they were on that first day when they were at each other and putting all the wrong things first. And, you know, sometimes you just need to smile when someone else gets a win instead of you know, thinking, well, why did that happen to them and or for them and not for me? <laughs> That's a step, right? So thanks for joining today, guys. Um, <laughs> I know it was a topic that maybe I didn't get that many listeners this week. We'll just see. Or maybe I'm going to get a bunch of angry, you know, comments. Or maybe just maybe it's going to be a beautiful outpouring of people who are just happy to hear about it and people that aren't afraid to talk about it and happy to have this dialogue open. And so, you know, that's what I'm here for. So I hope to see you guys again next week. Have a great week, guys.